0: And welcome to The Butcheler, a podcast where I, Amelia, and I, Olive, unpack, um, deconstruct, analyze, critique the latest episodes of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. This week, we are talking about the very first episode of Matt James' season of The Bachelor,
1: and folks, we have a very special guest. I'd like you all to give a warm welcome to Spork Handle, otherwise known as Clark, otherwise known as Clark, um, best known for his repeated attempts to get his bisexual boyfriend to go on The Bachelorette and make a deep run as the world's first gay Jed.
2: Hi, everybody. <laughs> Great to be here. <laughs>
1: Mark, we're
0: so happy to have you. Um, You're our very first guest. Um, We're starting off this brand new season with guests, and I think that's great. It's very
2: exciting stuff. I'm honored.
0: Um, Shall we begin with the recap from this episode? (laughs) Sounds great.
1: Recap is a strong word for what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the first episode of the season, and as with any first episode, there's not a whole lot of plot. It's really just a lot of people walking out of cars saying hi to Matt. In this case, then walking up some stairs into a beautiful mansion while Matt mumbles to himself something along the lines of, damn, she's fine. And then they go and have a cocktail party, a normal cocktail party because nobody knows each other yet except for two chaotic people who are clearly only on the show to cause drama and then a row ceremony.
1: We start off with a very forced conversation between Matt, our first Black bachelor, also a Sagittarius, it's good to know, and Chris Harrison, our like, pretty obviously Republican host. Chris is warning Matt about the process. He says, quote, there's going to be times when you want to choke me out, but that's the point.
2: I interpret that as Chris saying that he would like to be choked by
0: Matt. I also want to point out, though, that this conversation and multiple other conversations that happen in this episode between Matt and Chris um, feature Matt being like, "Hey, let's talk, let's hang out," and Chris being like, "Why?" <laughs> like, there's, there's there's all these these ladies they want to talk to you and Matt being like, "Hey, it's Chris." And later, when Chris comes back to valet a car, Matt is like, "Let's hang out, let's hang out." And so it seemed a little surprising to me when. When Chris was you know offering Matt to choke him out, given that he didn't seem to really want to spend that much time with Matt. Matt seemed very eager to kind of make a new friend. And I guess during the pandemic, especially, like I, yeah, it makes sense to be like, "Hey, Chris, let's chat. I get to hang out with you now."
2: Yeah, I feel like a really underrepresented uh, perspective here is that they've all been quarantining like directly before they film. They quarantine for a full two weeks. And so they've just gone like 14 days without any social interaction. And so much of this first episode is so clearly skewed by the fact that none of them have talked to another human being in weeks. And it's so clear.
1: It's clear that Chris Harrison has not been choked out in several weeks. And it's getting to him. (laughs)
0: After that exchange, we see um, a couple of intros of some new contestants on the show. We first hear from Alicia, a ballet dancer, then Abigail, who's our first deaf contestant. um, Kristen, a lawyer. So we go from, you know, a brand new first to every contestant ever. Um, Then we have Maggie from Ethiopia, who is just interesting because we don't, most of our contestants on the show are from the South or from major cities. And we have this, um, I think she's a PhD in pharmaceuticals maybe, or she's working towards one. And she just seems way too good for this show. We hear from Anna, who's a copywriter, Sarah, a broadcast journalist, Lauren, another lawyer, grad student Piper. And then it's time for everybody to actually meet Matt and get out of their various vehicles.
1: <laughs> Can I read you guys my the three notes that I took during the whole limo exit part? Please. Okay, so the first note is coming Georgia, because there's a contestant, I forget which one, who is from coming Georgia, C-U-M-M-I-N-G. I will look up who it is and get back to you. Um, the second note is just herbs <laughs> with an exclamation mark because someone brought him, I think, lavender from her mom's garden, which was honestly... Very cute. I would have just proposed to her on the spot where I'm at. And then my third note was, I am a cheese sandwich and Matt is grilling me to perfection. Because at that point, I just found myself really warming up to him.
0: Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, I will say I'm not mad at Matt yet. Yet <laughs> I the key be. Word. <laughs> I'm sure that at some point in this season he's going to piss me off, but he has not yet. And I think that's pretty great. Let's talk about our highlights from the ladies getting out of their vehicles. We have a goat, someone who wears goat shoes. We've got here. I'll, I'll pull an olive and I'll read you guys. My notes. Please The ladies arrive, the goat, the spaghetti monster, the ballerina, (laughs) the naked lady, the survival kit, pizza girl, girl who trips, vibrator girl, Big Fish, Bike, Meatball, Pickup Truck, Bentley, Throne. Let me tell you, listeners, let me tell you, Clark and Olive, I thought that all of that was going to make sense to me a few days later when I read it. And I would say I'm at about 80% of that still makes sense to me now. And some of it actually makes less sense.
2: (laughs) I feel as though I should now read mine because... The three of us are oh so similar. I also have what could be described as a short poem based on my limo thoughts, which is also what I believe you both have now read. Um, so mine reads as follows. Bald so hot, ballerina ouch, goat shoes question mark, noodle, no, Nike, deaf rep and the thumbs up emoji. And then 21 years old, shit.
0: (laughs) Yes. So maybe let's take a deeper dive into some of these highlights that stand out to us. For example, uh, I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on the Spaghetti move. I thought that was bad.
2: (laughs) I mean, it's just a sneaky way to get in a kiss, which I don't think is right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Also, like, what if he had dietary restrictions that we didn't know about? Like, she could have murdered him.
0: (laughs) She slipped some, like, peanut oil into the mix, and he's (laughs) allergic to peanuts. And the whole Bachelor, like, show gets completely rerouted. It's now a murder mystery because she doesn't know how the peanuts got in there. Somebody slipped them in. Was it a producer? But they're
2: in a big mansion, so murder mystery plot could actually work really well.
0: Actually, I'm going to say it right here and now. I think that this season is going to be the first season that The Bachelor becomes a murder mystery because that mansion is so perfect for it.
1: Yeah, it's The Bachelor-Clue crossover.
0: Perfect. So really today, we're not making predictions for who we think is going to, you know, get the final rose. We're thinking who's going to kill him? that where we're at (laughs) or maybe Matt's not the victim possibly maybe it's Victoria and um shoot what's her name the 21 year old Kit Kit yeah Victoria and Kit I think it could be
1: one of them wait those are both the names of American girl dolls
0: (laughs) yes
2: I also think that if Victoria was murdered it would be a lot like when, you know, we're left in the L word wondering who killed Jenny is like, it could have been any of them, but either way, we're happy that she's dead. (laughs) Yeah. Is that horrible?
0: (laughs) I think the L word, the L word, but bachelor crossover is exactly the premise of this podcast is to advocate for the L word bachelor crossover.
1: Did you know that the L word means love?
0: Wow. That's deep. The L word here means listeners because that's what <laughs> this is all for you are <laughs> listening to this podcast and knowing that you are loved by us what are some of the other highlights from the limo scenes I really feel
2: like one of one of my highlights that it's only a highlight because of what happens a little later which is that like a woman does come out like in lingerie she is fit as fuck, like full six pack. All the girls are like looking out the little creepy window at the top of the mansion, which will definitely come into play during the murder mystery segment. Um, And she like is asking him to pick which dress and they never really zoom in on her face or anything. It's all just like, Ooh, she's in lingerie. And then later when I saw like her, I was so underwhelmed. I was like, Oh That's just a completely average, regular looking, not particularly like uniquely beautiful, just like a regular average pretty person. And that was very disappointing based on like the amount of lead up that they do, making her, making it seem like she's like crazy, crazy, crazy hot.
0: I mean, I think that they're all beautiful. And yes, I'm going to be real. If a lady wanting to date me walked up to me to, become a suitor in my life wearing lingerie and she looked good like my standards for being impressed or being or enjoying that moment are pretty low
1: also keep in mind we're in Pennsylvania in the winter you're walking up in lingerie your nipples are diamonds
2: that is so true and I keep forgetting that it's in Pennsylvania now which means like a lot less back sweat compared Mm. to last season when they were in Palm Springs and it was like a million degrees Palm Springs in the summer versus like Pennsylvania in the fall.
0: You know, I don't know. I say there's always back sweat when Matt James is involved. Mm. Olive, did you have any highlights from the limo scenes?
1: Yeah. I actually had a slightly different take on the spaghetti monster. Um, I thought that actually the weird part was when she went in for a peck and Matt James went in for kind of like a womp. Yeah. For, for the listeners, I'm like, I'm making, I'm making like beaks with my hands and one of them is kind of eating the other. Um, because I feel like she was like, she wasn't going in for a makeout. She was going in for like a light noodle peck, which in terms of non-consensual kisses on this show is not the most heinous I've ever seen. And then I think Matt kind of like panicked and just went wrong, which made it extra hard to watch. Yeah. My only other notes were Satan question mark, question mark for the goat girl. And then (laughs) pickup truck, more like slick up truck for the very slick pickup truck.
2: The pickup truck was great. And Amelia, I feel like you made such a good point right at the beginning of this where you were like in their many vehicles because it's never just limos. There's always at least one person that comes out in like a different car or like on an animal or something. And, um, I really liked the pickup truck. I didn't like that. They were so impressed that a girl could drive stick shift. I was like, what, why is that like the coolest, hottest thing? Like it's just a type of driving that many people know how to do. Shut and then up, ha- Clark.
1: You know I never learned. <laughs> and I know you learned in one day and I'm still mad about it.
2: I never said I was good at it. But and then the other one that I I can't forget um, is I've MJ with the incredible beautiful curly, curly hair so gorgeous, Um, you know, locked the car by accident. And, you know, she drives up in her own car and accidentally locks the car as she's trying to get something out of the back seat. And she totally embraced the like complete doof uh, that made her do that in herself and just like rolled with it and wasn't like crying about it or really embarrassed and they were able to just be like, oh yeah, that happened and it was silly and funny and your hair is beautiful. And I have a lot of, I love a lot of respect for
0: her.
1: Yeah, she also rolled with the dildo being named MJ, which I respected.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll also add that there were at least three people who tripped this episode and I thought that was pretty great. Seeing these beautiful put together contestants going into a swanky cocktail party in a beautiful mansion and they all... Are tripping all over the place. And I think that's inspirational. I agree. Let's move on and talk about the cocktail party.
1: It was a real cocktail party, if you.
2: Because of the vibrator.
1: Yeah. Right. right,
2: right. Which... I wonder how phallic it had to actually have been shaped in order for them to need to put a black box over it. Because if it was just like a, a, like I feel like it had to be shaped like really like a dick.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Like with pubes. <laughs> um, I think it could have
0: been... Honestly, I bet it was really not realistic and that she thought that she could carry it around because it was not realistic. And then at some point, a producer was like, we can't show a dildo on principle at all. That's a really good point.
1: Or not a producer, like just ABC.
0: Yeah, someone, someone from the network, an exec.
2: yeah. It was a bold thing to bring, but honestly, and it's not because it was a vibrator, but like whenever anybody comes in with like a gag or a prop and then continues to bring it up the entire cocktail party, I'm like, okay, like we get it. That's how this person is remembering you. But the goal is to not be reliant on that thing for him to remember you
0: by. Yes. And it's something people, I feel like people do that because they're nervous and they don't know how to make an impression or what to do. And so they're like, oh, if I do this like gimmicky kind of thing, I'll at least be remembered and I'll at least make an impression.
1: I was, yeah, I was here for it also until she non-consensually touched someone with her sex toy, which like. I
0: feel
2: like they made the girl who was touched seem like a priss, but in reality.
1: Oh, it is a word. Sorry. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'm using it correctly, but that word feels like it fits. Um, and, or like a prude or whatever, but in reality, like, no, like you should not touch people with sex toys if they don't want to be
0: touched with them. I also think we need to talk about... If we're going to talk about the vibrator, we need to talk about the fact that its name is MJ because obviously that's named after Matt James. And I thought it was so wild how she's like, my vibrator's name is MJ, by the way, to someone she's just met. And while there's another person named MJ standing right there, like that is so chaotic.
2: Yeah. And I mean, MJ took it in stride, but I really feel like it was just... It was just disrespectful on so many levels. Mm -hmm. Um, Or,
1: sorry, or just aggressively polyamorous.
2: She's going to have no problem being one of 30 women dating him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh
1: my God. Actually, I have um, a scream to put forward here, a TED scream. A TED scream is like a TED talk, but I scream it. I'm not going to actually scream this. I'm just screaming it in my mind. But okay, hear me out. So her whole thing is that she presents this dildo and she's like, this has kept me, you know, happy during quarantine when I'm alone with no sex partners. So now I'm passing on the torch to you. And she like hands it to him for a second and then she takes it back. But in the second when she hands it to him, the implication is that this is for him to use during quarantine when he has no sex partners. And I'm just wondering if this is the first, like, pegging representation or i guess in this case self-pegging representation that we are seeing on the bachelor franchise i
0: think this is the first time the bachelor franchise at least in recent years has uh gone that in depth as to forms of sexual pleasure
1: gone that in depth oh
2: (laughs) and i know that this is you know a, a recap in and of itself but i do love watching former bachelor nation people's like takes on especially the first night and blake hortzman from becca's season the shitty did,
1: one or the not shitty one
2: the shitty one wait he i uh, he he wasn't great parrot when he came back on paradise but I always had a soft spot for him. And anyway, he was drunk and watching it live on his Instagram. And when the vibrator came on, he was like so excited. He was like, oh, my God, that's so awesome that she brought that on. That's amazing. I never thought I'd see Like, I hope everybody knows, like, that's a vibrating dildo. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, like the men of Bachelor Nation, might actually know what they're doing and like it follows this trend i feel like where like you know the windmill and like i i feel like some of them actually do know what they're doing they know what a vibrator is at the very least
0: i felt i feel like you bring up the windmill which i think that was a big turning point in bachelor nation because hannah was like hannah's this all-american girl she's this christian kind of sweetheart She's hard not to love and she, you know, didn't make a lot of enemies when she was the bachelorette. Um, And she was, she just kind of blurts that she, you know, had a bunch of sex on a windmill. And I think that that was kind of a turning point because before then people had this like plausible deniability of how sexually active the contestants are on the show and kind of similar to the way, you know, after like Colton jumping the fence And then publicly talking about it, he kind of broke the fourth wall and unveiled some of the behind the scenes stuff. And Hannah kind of did that for sex. She was like, actually, guys, like we we have sex. And like sometimes even before fantasy suites and just Having that kind of information, I think, has kind of changed the way Bachelor Nation is. But at the same time, I also think it kind of invited in this, there's this kind of conflict, I see, this little like teeter-totter between Bachelor Nation getting raunchier and also Bachelor Nation getting more religious. And there's a lot of talks of God, you know, Tasha famously um, religious and broke up with Ivan because of religious reasons. Um we have Matt with this prayer that he opened with. Um, and I wonder how much of that was, you know, his own volition versus producers. Matt blessed
1: a dildo.
2: Well, I do, I do really, I think it was very interesting seeing the girls' reactions to him starting with a prayer, which has never been done. And is, and and then of course, you know, he said a prayer, but then they also gave a toast. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like he was replacing it. He was just also saying a prayer um, and to be perfectly honest I'm not religious enough to even have really I was like a prayer and then my brain just like shut off completely and then they said amen and it turned back on <laughs> so I don't remember what he said but I do remember that there were like women crying and so excited and thrilled about it and you know I think that there are actually probably a lot of either non-religious, agnostic, atheist people, or just like not practicing religious people on the show. And they're just like not, they're just not partaking in this. So we just don't, but they're not talking about being non-religious. And that's like with Ivan, I feel like, I mean, he was... He was an engineer and a scientist, and like I'm sure they never taught like explicitly stated what it was, but I have a feeling that he was probably a pretty staunch atheist, and she couldn't be with someone like that. Oh, we've or actually talked about this. Wrong.
1: We've talked about this extensively. It was because Ivan believes staunchly in aliens and possibly is an alien. Well, that also makes sense. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But I will say that in interviews since and since our episode came out, we've learned that he was agnostic or told her he was agnostic. And she didn't totally understand what that meant and took it to be that he was an atheist. And either way, it seems like she wanted someone who fully believed in God and he's just not there. I am predicting more religious tension
2: this season because he is from the get-go made it very clear that he is a very religious person
0: yeah but that also could mean less religious drama because everybody now it's like out there
2: that's true i wonder if any women will send themselves home because they're like i don't want to be with somebody who's this religious
1: can you imagine like going on the bachelor and like getting to hometowns and taking the very christian bachelor to a seder Oh my because God. that's my dream i'm here for it now we eat the bricks and the mortar it, a whole <laughs> now whole... we drink their tears you thought communion was intense bitch now we're summoning Eliyahu's spirit he's gonna drink from a
0: cup i want the whole mansion to sit down for a seder together at passover i want to watch everybody go through the passover story together
1: that's my dream
2: i think yeah. that'd be great
1: the girl who finds Yafi Komen the Yafi da- and gets the group date rose. Oh, my God.
0: All right. That's off. a good group date. Yeah. Actually, a Seder is just a great group date. You know, you all listen to a story together. Maybe you sing some songs. some Eliyahu. Knock, knock. It's Elijah. No, it's Chris Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the Jewish Bachelor would be a great spinoff show. And you heard it here first. <laughs> the The Yeah. I think we just call it like the shiksa. (laughs) We got such a mensch. You ladies, such a mensch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the mensch and the shiksa instead of the bachelor and the bachelorette.
2: That's really good. (laughs) I feel like we could create this. This could, we should pitch this to ABC.
0: Actually, maybe we should edit this out of the podcast so that nobody steals it from us.
2: Yeah, can't have our idea. Yeah, I'm just going to say trademark
0: and instead of waiting until the end to have hometowns like the jewish mom is there the entire time like periodically jumping in and being like have you found a wife yet much like peter's mom yeah and it seems maybe matt's mom because she
1: was already in the first episode whose style is impeccable i'm obsessed with her i know that she's a trump supporter and i'm still obsessed with her
2: the leather pants
1: which brings us to
0: rosebud thorn so clark Something we do on this here podcast is that uh, every episode we give one person a rose. This is the person who, you know, we love and want to support, who has made us happy this episode. Um, we give one person a thorn, which is the person we want out of here. And we have a bud, which is someone we can't wait to hear more from. And so I was thinking my rose goes to Matt's mom or my
1: bud, actually. Are you giving your rose to Patty James? Yes. Okay. Or Maggie. Amelia, make a choice!
2: Amelia should never go on the show. You can't go on this show because if you can't even make a decision about who you liked from the episode, <laughs> then I don't know if you would be able to make a decision about who you would like to marry.
0: All right, I'm giving my rose to Matt's mom. Who are you all giving your roses to?
1: I would like to split my rose three ways. Between... Ah, no, hear me not out. Allowed. Hear me out. My rose ah. goes to oh. MJ. But by MJ, I mean both the bachelor Matt James, the vibrator Matt James, and the contestant MJ.
2: So you found a loophole and I don't appreciate it.
0: I don't even think you genuinely would be giving a rose to any of those people if it weren't for the fact that you came up with this loophole.
2: (laughs) I'm going to have to agree with you.
1: (laughs) Would you like me to rescind
0: my rose? No, you've said it. It's, It's out there now. You can't take it back.
2: Okay. I'm going to give my rose because I'm like a a corny, corny sap to the same person that Matt did, which is Abigail, because one, I really like her. I think she's super sweet. She's got disability representation going. And also even with a cochlear implant, I like want to just give her, like, a standing ovation for how difficult it must be to be in, like, a cocktail party with, like, 30 other women just, like, talking, 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 and be deaf.
0: Yeah, I think it's really exciting to see some deaf representation on such a big media platform. Um, I think it's about time. We also, a show came out recently called Deaf You, and it is really great. And I'm hoping that this is the beginning of a lot of representation of Deaf culture and Deaf life on TV. And she's awesome. Abigail, that is. Our buds. I am giving my bud to Matt and Chris's relationship, giving my bud to the Friendship that is unfolding between Matt James and Chris Harrison.
1: Beautiful. This will be controversial, but I'm giving my bud to Queen Victoria. She is exactly the kind of drama and mess that I like on the show. And I am firmly taking her side in the developing um, rivalry with Kit.
2: I disapprove, but my bud probably goes to and my partner pointed this out all of the service people who are like walking around serving drinks and food and things all like wearing masks and who clearly don't want to be there and so like on the one hand I don't want to see any more of them because they shouldn't have to be there but I do want to see more of them because I want more people to notice and them to like you know fight for higher wages because all of the viewers are like Hmm, this seems like it could be done better and and that to happen. So that I would say that's my bud. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'd say that's a great bud. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see more. I would like to hear more from them about what is going on in there.
2: I want a whole spin-off show that's just like interviews with all of the bartenders.
0: Wow. Or a book written by them. I cannot wait for one of them to release a memoir that shakes America to its core. It'll be great. So I was going to give my thorn to Queen Victoria, but I guess that's controversial around here.
2: I'm also giving my thorn to Queen Victoria, so Amelia and I, we're on the same page here.
0: Yeah. If I had a second rose, I'd give it to you, Clark.
2: Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) If I could stab someone with a thorn, it would be Olive.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love you guys, <laughs> Olive. Who's your thorn? I don't have one. I love everyone. I guess I guess Kate gets my thorn. I don't. I don't fuck with her. I like because- Kit. Really? I, I,
2: I feel like living in New York City. I know a lot of people exactly like her, who are young and come from a shitload of money and like through nepotism, have a job in the fashion industry and are really, really, really annoying. So on that basis, I don't like her, but I also do sort of love her because she seems like she's actually very sweet underneath it all.
1: We're already getting a Gossip Girl reboot this year. We don't need a Gossip Girl reboot within The Bachelor. (laughs)
0: I hear you, but also, I did look at her Instagram earlier, and there is a video of her surfing wearing heels, and for me, that just changed the game, and I now think she's iconic. That's
2: incredible.
1: And on that note, let's take a quick break. And then bring in the real surfer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex Surfs.
1: Surfer. Surfer. What did you think I said? (laughs) Server. Oh.
0: (laughs) Which contextually also would have made sense as a thing to say, but is a little more upsetting.
2: (laughs) No chewing while we're recording. So just swallowing. Only. Yes. (laughs) All right. All right. I'm done.
3: And how do you want to be introduced? Someone who's been dragged against their will into the into the uh, the nation.
1: All right, folks, we are back with our first ever prisoner of war. Um, is that too dark?
3: <laughs> I think that's accurate.
1: OK, <laughs> this is Alex, um, Clark's boyfriend, future uh, bachelorette contestants and unwilling bachelor watcher.
3: I'm investing a lot of money in, in teeth whitening now, these days.
1: To prepare for the show.
3: To prepare for the show. Well, thank you for having me.
0: We're so glad to have you here. And I apologize in
1: advance for these uh, games that I'm going to make you play. <laughs> also, just for the listeners' like mental image, Clark and Alex are sharing a pair of earbuds and they kind of look like one creature like joined at the computer.
0: Working on it. We're working on here the Actually, everything that you say from this point on, you should say completely in sync at the same time.
2: <laughs> I can't. That was a high five. Oh, Don't dude. cut that out. Cut that out.
0: Uh-huh. No <laughs> high fives allowed. <laughs> this is a visual. So just to clarify, I'm sorry. This is our first time having guests on the show. We should explain we're a podcast. They can't see you. High five.
3: <laughs> Wait, they can't see us? <laughs> Oh my god What is a pod and how does one cast it?
0: It's a lot like a spell Got it, understood Alright, so it, uh,
3: <laughs> I just had a revelation I'm sorry, a podcast is when You convince someone with magic To join a, a quarantine pod With you who otherwise wouldn't Join
0: Ooh, yeah. I don't like that
2: <laughs> That's a bad That's a bad thing <laughs> Yes, it's happening. All right, we're ready for these games. All right, ready to be tortured. Bring it.
0: So first off, this game is called "Watching Them Walk Away," and it is based on the. Um, it's based on Matt's way of waiting until everybody left and then making comments about them and how hilarious I found that. The premise of this game is to make the others laugh to not laugh yourself so each of us is going to take turns saying something that we might say to a suitor who is walking away from us um a la matt like you're doing a mad impression and the goal is to do so with a straight face and the last one standing wins this is verging on improv
3: yeah this is serious stuff so, so let me just let me just get in the zone here. So you're you've just introduced yourself to me like in in a sort of an embarrassing way.
2: Hi, um, I'm super nervous and like la la la. I'll meet you inside, and then we awkwardly hug. And you're way way taller than me. And then I walk away, and then you mutter something to yourself that is basically to the camera about me, but yeah. not me. Like okay. I, I, please don't say anything about me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um i i'm i'm trying really hard to keep an open mind but (laughs) (laughs) not sure that person's gonna work out there were a lot of red flags there i think i feel like that's something that has been said (laughs) 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 on the
0: show you just won because we all just (laughs) laughed (laughs)
1: <laughs> Yay!
0: game over i get a free on inclusive trip
3: um <laughs> to some uh haunted hotel in northeast right yes what is this place that they're at it's a large
2: hotel we actually agreed earlier it's a haunted mansion so
3: kind of reminds me of the timberline lodge in uh or uh, the um whatever they called it in the shining the hotel in the shining yeah are they at the hotel from The
0: Shining? Yes. We said it ah! hotel. Now it's true. It's going to be a long winter in Bachelor Nation.
1: I have one, um, but I have to Google it. <laughs>
0: okay. Um,
1: I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> okay, I have it. Okay. I said, ooh, girl. Shock me like an electric eel. <laughs> Baby girl, turn me on with your electric feel. You also won. You get to go to the... <laughs> I also won because I know what the graphic is going to be for this episode. It's going to be Matt James and Chris Harrison's face on the MGMT cover for that album. I love that.
3: I should be trying really hard to not laugh during yeah, this
1: Yeah, we should game, be right? trying harder.
0: Yeah.
3: Sure, just to play the game
1: seriously. I'm not,
2: I'm not trying very hard. But yeah. I feel like embodying Matt James, something I would say as somebody walked away is, wow... She was, she was really beautiful. I wonder if Chris Harrison would like her as much as I do because I really need his approval in order to have her be a part of my life because he is now my best friend. Mm. None of you laughed because now we're entering the part where we're all trying not to laugh. And the game. other part is that I'm
3: not funny. It's a very mean game. <laughs> That's, a, that's the potential to be a very mean
0: game. <laughs> I guess.
3: Okay, Amelia. <laughs> oh
0: shoot. Um, okay. I have no excuse. I should have had one prepared. I came up with this game idea right before this. <laughs> um, all right, all right, all right. I'm Matt, I'm Matt James. <sighs> oh darn. That's <laughs> <laughs>
2: you laughed
0: <laughs> oh i forgot oh i'm not even supposed to i we all are out um maybe except clark i have one okay
2: he's watching her walk up the stairs and in this season there's so many stairs there's many many stairs up after her and he says to himself I need to go after her. And then he gets on all fours and climbs up the stairs on all fours, like you do as a child, like running up the
1: stairs. (laughs) That's just horrifying. It's horrifying. Yeah, you're welcome. I have another one. As he's, when they're like at the level where it's like, you've climbed a couple stairs, so it's like your butt is right at his eyes. He just goes... I'm trying to find the words to describe this girl without being disrespectful. I
2: feel like in Olive's mind, Matt James is a person who sings a lot, (laughs) which is not necessarily true.
1: Okay, no, maybe he doesn't sing. Maybe he just recites lyrics like poetry. So maybe he's like, I'm trying to find the words to describe this girl without being disrespectful.
2: I could see him coming up with a Bible verse to remember each girl and who they are. Like, associate each girl with a Bible verse, and that's how he remembers them. Like you would with, like, an anagram or something like that. Fuck you. And in the town of
3: Megiddo, like, death shall rain from the sky. (laughs) He's like, cool, so that's Chloe. (laughs) (laughs) Got kind of Megiddo okay. vibes from Chloe. Got a Third Day Resurrection vibes from from Nancy. Sodom and Gomorrah
2: vibes from, from the dildo. The dildo girl. From the dildo
0: girl. <laughs> um, all right, the next game that I had uh, written down in my notes is a uh, just chess, but we cheat a lot.
2: No, that's a game he does.
0: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, I got confused. Okay. Um, All right. The next game I have for us is uh, just Never Have I Ever, but it's based on people walking out of the limos. So it's like based out of things that happen in this episode, but
1: we're playing Never Have I Ever. So are we saying Never Have I Ever done things that happened in this episode, or are we getting into the characters of people walking out of the limo? Oh, I was thinking we do it as us. Okay. It's a lot simpler. It's based on the way that
0: in previous episodes of the show, Olive has forced me to share personal anecdotes. And so the idea is that if somehow one of these things does apply to you, you do have to provide more information.
2: Okay. Never have I ever tripped while wearing a ball gown.
0: I'm sure I have. I was a theater kid. So was I. And yet, <laughs> I actually, I can't. Oh, you know what? I went through a really big princess phase when I was really little and I've just always been a very clumsy person who trips a lot. So I don't have any memories of doing this, but I'm sure I've done it as a tiny kid.
1: Never have I ever been hoisted on a throne by four masked men?
0: I absolutely have. It's called a bat mitzvah.
2: Oh my God. <laughs> but of course. You
0: have. Mm-hmm. And in the Bachelor crossover, what did we call it? The Shiksa. Mm-hmm. There are many, like, actually, maybe every time somebody enters, it's on a throne being carried by four men.
2: I think that's a great idea. We got to write that down in our notes.
0: Well, we are recording.
2: Oh, right. <laughs> Scratch that idea, cross out that idea to write it down in the notes, and write a new idea that we should record this. <laughs> um,
3: um never have I ever introduced myself to a stranger uh with the pretense that we are we 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 are gonna be necessarily we are we gonna be dating. Um <laughs> Like like, hi, nice to meet you. I, I hope our 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 next few weeks of weeks of dates go well.
0: I feel like that's kind of what a Tinder meetup is.
1: Yeah, like a gay Tinder meetup.
0: Yeah, I have done that. I think <laughs> <laughs> met up with somebody and been like, and now we
2: see if we actually get along.
0: Like actually, most of the time when I meet a new person who is you know an eligible an eligible bachelorette you might even say um I generally have that assumption in the back of my head somewhere that we are about to date for approximately three weeks and may or may not end in a proposal
1: yeah so everyone but Alex has done this well I
3: mean I'm, I'm maybe I maybe tripped myself up here because maybe I've done it but 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 maybe not maybe I was sort of unconscious of it I've I've been on approximately two tinder dates and I'm not sure I got to the point where I expected something from it but uh, but I understand. I understand where y'all are coming from. Never have I ever worn goat's feet.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, never
1: have I ever worn animal feet in general in public. Yeah. I was hoping that the devil incarnate in this Zoom room would have to reveal themselves, but no. <laughs> so, I mean,
0: I, I think the Capricorn in me wants to say that I'm, or the Sagittarius and both the Sagittarius and the Capricorn in me <laughs> want to say that I'm wearing hooves all the time in my soul.
2: I have one that actually Olive might need to fact check me on, because seeing okay. as we live together for a few years, um, which is never have I ever introduced myself to somebody in my
0: underwear.
1: No, but you have let people into the house while I am cooking in my underwear. <laughs>
0: Cool. So does that mean that you've introduced yourself to somebody in your underwear, all you? I already knew them. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh. Um, I think I've
3: almost certainly introduced myself to people in my underwear.
1: Oh, yo, I've introduced myself to um, bleep out her name, a <laughs> dad, walked into my house during commencement weekend while I was in my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Never have
0: I ever called someone a princess in a derogatory way.
2: Oh, I have done that. I I definitely have, uh, yeah, done that, and I am not proud of it. Yeah, damn.
1: I've, I've done that to my cat <laughs> <laughs> in a definitely derogatory way. <laughs>
3: Considering my my history with like toxic cis male youth situations um like specifically like sports locker rooms and things like that like I'm almost certain like I have to I would have had to do that at some point to defend myself but i blocked it out completely Mm -hmm. at this point ah yes repress (laughs)
0: repress never have I ever worn a crown when it wasn't my birthday
3: have you been to Burger
0: King (laughs) never have
1: I ever actually I won a spelling bee in a West Philly basement a couple years ago and I was coronated I love that. Wow. I want to hear more about that another time.
3: Never have I ever um, bragged about or de- and or defined myself with my car or I've, stick shift.
0: I've never driven. A, never have I ever driven stick shift.
3: I have done that.
1: I have failed to do it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I have
0: definitely defined myself by my car. or I've been defined by others because of my car. And I'm here to speak up against the um, oppression that lesbians who drive Subarus have to suffer. (laughs) But I will say that I did once work at a place where I had a supervisor who called me Lesbaru as a nickname. I'm going to leave that story there.
2: (laughs) I'm going to say that Alex also drives a Subaru and I might start calling him Um, a uh Lesbaru.
3: Been accused of being a lesbian on a number of occasions. So, and I definitely do drive a Subaru. I I feel you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks so much for playing Never Have I Ever with me. We're almost out of time, but I do want to give I want to give anybody a chance to end this episode with any of those pressing rants or head screams, as we call them. before we call it a night
2: I want to just quickly start by by saying my least favorite thing and I took a note of it my least favorite thing that they say in the promos and in the confessionals is quote "going home isn't an option because it literally is. There's two options you stay or you go home." It actually is an option. And I know that it may not be one for them in their mind. Ideally, it is not the option that they fall into, but it really bothers me when they say that going home isn't an option.
1: Fact-checked by Clark. Ooh, that's a
0: good segment name. (laughs) Although, I think that when they're sent home, they actually just go to another hotel. That's true. Maybe going home
2: isn't an option.
0: Yeah. fact checked by a minute. Or
3: Sorry. maybe this is exposing a, a, a big conspiracy about Bachelor, the Bachelor contestants getting uh, 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 funneled into some sort of, like, Instagram celebrity cyborg lobotomy scenario when they leave the show. It would track with me. That's how I imagine it going down. Like once you've signed up, like there's there's no getting out of Bachelor Nation.
0: It's not like an NDA. It's a microchip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here on the Bachelor, we're very pro microchip conspiracy theories, and, and also
1: just pro microchip.
0: Absolutely, yes. It's great. I'm getting one put in
1: as soon as I can. Hell yeah! If you could get a microchip anywhere in your body, where would you get it? It's my final thought.
0: Does it matter where? Does it still work?
1: Yeah, just like aesthetically.
0: Oh, like it's so for looks.
1: Yeah.
3: Back of the neck. Nice. It's a classic. Like uh, like, a contact, like colored contacts. Replace my eyeballs with microchips.
0: Ah. Okay, either tip of my nose, like a little Rudolph (laughs) (laughs) red-nosed reindeer. Or just like a shoulder shoulder
1: tat I would either put it like in my belly button piercing or just embedded into my belly button itself hmm nobody said but but there's always next time
2: (laughs) there's always next
3: time I feel like you could do that fairly easy like you could find a microchip and just drop it in your belly button tomorrow
1: yeah like lint
3: (laughs) yeah it stays in there
0: (laughs) And we'll hear about how that goes for Olive next week on The Butchelor. Thank you so, so much um, to our listeners. Thank you to Clark and Alec for being our first guest stars. Thank you, Olive, for doing this with me.
1: Thank you, Amelia, for being the toast to my toast. <laughs> I was like, oh, what goes with toast? And then I was like, more toast.
3: They do always have two slices of toast.
1: Thank you, Alex.
0: <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can email us at butchlerpod at com or see the show notes for Instagram handles and other contact information. And if you are Matt James listening to this podcast, we wish you the best of luck this season.